0: Hi, I'm Teresa Duncan.
1: And I'm Kevin Henry.
0: Welcome to Chew On This.
1: We are excited to bring you our views of current topics in the dental industry and put a little different spin on them, giving you something to chew on.
0: If you need to jump off, be sure to check the show notes for links as well as how to get in touch with us.
1: And now, let's give you something to chew on.
0: And we're back for another episode of Chew On This. Hey, what's up?
1: Teresa, I'm excited about today. You know, I, I always get a little excited about today. Don't get me wrong. But today it's a little <laughs> bit ramped up just because this is going to be a fun one. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Wow. Guys, I've, this is the level of excitement that Kevin's showing. A bar. I normally, yeah, I normally don't see this. This is.
1: I, wow. I know. You usually have to poke me and say, would you finally say something for the love of God? You know, but now, but today it's different.
0: Look at this. 2023 is looking up. That's good. All right. New <laughs> Kevin. New year, new Kevin. This is great. Uh, so Kevin, one thing that came up on our last episode, and we had uh, some conversation about it. So let's let's go a little bit deeper on it. The ADA and the DSO community, um, two different communities. However, the ADA really wants to incorporate DSOs into their membership. I mean, of course, it bolsters their membership. It bolsters numbers, bolsters revenue. Uh, but DSOs, you know, that hasn't really happened at the rate ADA would like. And um, would you like to share why DSOs don't feel like? Yeah, uh...
1: yeah. I, I think let's go back to one of the things that you and I talked about on our last podcast was about the uh, organized dentistry really being at a crossroads right now. And I and I do think that when DSOs really started to rise up, that they felt like that they were charting their own course. And that they were really going to lead the way. Didn't need anything from ADA. Didn't need anything. They were just going to pick off these solo They were going to buy up whoever they needed to, and really form their own, you know, community for lack of a better term. And, and I think that you know we've talked about this for so long about what, how DSOs are going to change dentistry. And what's it going to look like in the future and everything else? And I think we're starting to see that absolutely the ADA and organized dentistry needs these DSOs to still be a part of things. They're still dentists. They're still doing the same things that a lot of the solo practitioners are doing, obviously. They're just looking at business from a different perspective. So I can absolutely see why the ADA would want to grow their numbers, but it's a hard sell for these DSOs to say, we're actually trying to break away from you right now. But but it is interesting because you and I were talking before we went on air that the numbers aren't exactly showing that in a lot of cases. You it's know, it's very and,
0: frustrating. Yeah, because yeah. we'll we'll look at one source like HPI, Health Policy Institute. You know, will tell you. I mean, if you read, you know, Marco's been saying DSOs are going to stop out everything. I mean, there's room for solo practitioners, but if you listen to him enough, you're thinking, you know, it's it's coming. And then I, you know, I'm on a lot of insurance um, work groups and, and they are very still focused on the solo um, small office because they, they, they I heard 75% of the market is still one to two providers in one to two locations. And that's, you know, that's, that's what I grew up in. So if you're, I guess the best way to say it is if you're still in a smaller office, you're not part of a DSO or unaffiliated is what they call it. Um, which honestly, you're just a dentist. Like, right? like, come on. Like, why do you have to be affiliated, unaffiliated? Whatever. So, if you're in a small practice, um, it, it does feel like if you go on Facebook and listen enough, that the walls are closing in on you. That it's just yeah. a matter of time before you get acquired. You know, I've heard this from sure. DSS. It's just a matter of time before we're all, they're all DSS. Um, I don't I don't know if that's true. And if it if it comes to pass in the future, it's it's not like going to hit us like a steamroller. It's, I just don't. I think it's going to evolve you know
1: well well and i think it goes back to you know we kept hearing about oh everybody's opting out of insurance everybody's going to do their own thing oh yeah. everybody's going to be up by dso i think we as a society now are so quick to focus on oh it's coming you know yeah. whenever we and i and i think that this really has become a perception is reality thing that people think this is the way it is but if you look at the data and you really look at what is going on You know, not everybody's opting out of insurance. Not everybody's joining a DSO. Not everybody is staying there just waiting for the walls to cave in on them that that they're going to be acquired. So I think that's what, as we head into this new year, that's the biggest thing I think I would advise people is to really, sure, the noise is going to be there, but really Mm -hmm. do your research to see if the noise is accurate or not. I think that that's a really important point.
0: I was talking to one doctor who was looking to sell um, her practice and she said, it was a huge difference in conversations when she talked to a broker who only sells to DSOs, and a broker that only sells to startup or you know young doctors or associates buying in. She said the conversations were so different. It felt like she was in two different industries because listening to the DSO broker, it was like you're going to get all this money, you're going to get all this, all that, and you should do it anyways because at some point the bubble's going to burst and you're not going to get as much now the peak is here and and then she goes over to the associate side and there's it's just different the numbers are different maybe not as great the numbers are different but there's a there's less of a hard sell i guess is was what came across in her conversation with me she felt like she was getting a hard sell on the dso sure. side um and you know it, it's very much revenue driven there's lots of stuff there it, it's just It's a different market. And I think 2023, this year, we're going to see a lot more conversation about, well, maybe I don't need to sell to a DSO. Maybe I just turn into a group practice. The roadmap is there now. To your point about the groups forming and the ADA not having those resources, they kind of had to do it on their own. They absolutely, that was the case. They had no guidance from the ADA on this stuff. So why you know why would they and think about it this way like what is Kevin what does the ADA offer for membership what they deals on Hertz and hotels right M- maybe a little bit yeah. of insurance um, CE a lot of people are they take the CE but that's not necessarily like you don't it's think it's not a game ADA changer anymore. CE, right no. so no. the big push is advocacy honestly to me that's the value of a membership organization is is they can stick up for you but if you are part of an uh, organization like ADSO or any of the big, you know, DSM, mm-hmm. they have money to go and lobby. Sure. So
1: yeah. It, what... it, it, and that's what I've heard from organized dentistry. And again, not just ADA, but ADHA, ADAA for okay. years has been strength in numbers and advocacy and all this stuff. And again, that's a really hard sell for a brand new hygienist to understand what the advocacy is really going to do for him or her. And Mm -hmm. and I think that the ADA and all these organized industry groups have to realize that this next generation coming in doesn't value, you know, and I'm paying you with a broad brush here, but I don't know that they value community and that as much as previous generations do. And so I think that you've really got to know your audience and you've really got to figure out what is important to them. And you're right. CE, you can get anywhere right now. Yeah. And, you know, so.
0: I I really do think... If you focused on advocacy, uh, that would be a big that would be a big draw. Like if that was your only focus, because right now the focus is very different. Like right now they're focusing on access to care, super important. Please don't get us wrong, Kevin and I think that's important as well. Absolutely. Um, but but you will hear when you talk to Dennis, the ADA is focused on this. They're focused on being part of Medicare. They're focused on that. What we're worried about is can we survive? Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. Well, it, it's a I, good, it, it's a good conversation to have this year though. Cause I really do think there's some movement.
1: Well, and how long did we hear? Well, dentistry's recession proof. Dentistry can okay. survive anything. And all of a sudden here came COVID and, and we realized that dentistry didn't exactly have its complete armor on, uh-uh. you know? And, and so I think that we've, we have to realize as an industry that, we have to change with the times and and yes. you and I do that as speakers. And I think uh-huh. that our, our organizations that we work for, including state dental associations as well, I think everybody has to understand that their demographics are changing, Uh, you know, gender, age, okay. a lot uh-huh. of things. And how are you responding to this next generation coming in who says, what can you do for me?
0: Well, we have a lot of talk about generations coming up because I wanted to talk about that in a little bit. But what if I, what if you and I could write a script on what dentistry is going to look like? What if we could wow. bring that out, Kevin, see how I transitioned there for you? You know,
1: you did. You are the queen of transitions, I'm just telling you. <laughs> now, now, you know, I I have to admit, this is this one of the things that I did this late at night and I'm sitting there cackling and my wife is looking at me like, you're an idiot, you know? So- But here's why. Um, So there was something called an AI uh, generator, uh, chat GBT. It really burst on the scene back in early December and everybody hopped on it. Well, at that time, you know, I was going through Twitter. I was going through some social media and people were saying, here are the things that it's amazing at doing. And one of the things, Teresa, was that it would come up with a movie script for you. All you had to do was just give it. A little bit of information, and it would give you the plot, the characters, where it would take place, all these things. And so, Teresa, the first thing I thought of was you. (laughs) You and this podcast. And I said, what if we did something where there was a movie about a dental insurance coordinator? And not just a movie, but it was a horror film.
0: Of course. Of
1: course. Because you and I enjoy the horror films. Let's be perfectly honest here. We do. We do. Now you
0: are speaking my AI language.
1: So, again, this was all come up with AI. This is not me uh, doing any of this. I merely said I would love to have this horror movie. And so it came up with the title. You ready for this? Mm. The Nightmare of the Dental Plan. (laughs) That is the title of the movie. With the tagline, insurance coverage has never been so terrifying."
0: Oh my God, it's hilarious. So that's hilarious. Wait wait, so before before we go down the road what? here, you the, the way it works, Kevin, is that you you came up with profiles of the different characters, right? And oh, that's, I, how, I, that's how this works. So I just before people are like, well, where did they get this? Kevin must have No gone no. Them give them the give them what you had to feed it.
1: Here's exactly it out. So here's exactly what I told ChatGBT. I said, develop a movie synopsis for a horror film involving a dental insurance coordinator with title, tagline, key characters, protagonists, dark past, plot twist, plot synopsis, and key locations. That's all I said. I want to make that clear. Okay. So, so we know our title, The Nightmare of the Dental Plan Insurance Coverage has never been so terrifying. And then our key characters. So tell me if you relate to any of these. There's Sarah, who's the protagonist, you know, the key member of this movie. She's a dental insurance coordinator struggling with her job and her own personal demons.
0: Oh yeah. There, I
1: got there is <laughs> <laughs> there, there is David, who is Sarah's boss, who is demanding an unsympath- unsympathetic <laughs> to her. I'm cracking David up. David is she, the demon. David's she's demon un, David. Unsympath- unsympathetic to the struggles. So I don't know if that's the dentist. I'm not sure who this is. You know, yeah, all it says is it. Sarah's boss. So we'll leave it at that. Mm, and then, David? of course, there is Rachel, Sarah's best friend, who tries to help her cope with the stresses of her job. And then, you know, my favorite character is the final one. <laughs> the final character is the ghost of a dental patient who... <laughs> Who haunts Sarah and reveals dark secrets <laughs> about the dental practice? It's, so, so you know, we just finished up Christmas, so this is no Ebenezer Scrooge here. This is the oh, ghost God. of it, and I'm not sure if the the dental patient died in the chair and is haunting <laughs> the practice. I'm not sure what's going on here. Okay, so so let me tell you a little bit more about Sarah. This is her, the protagonist, dark past. Okay. So, Sarah has always struggled with anxiety and depression, and her job as a dental insurance coordinator has only made things worse. (laughs) She is constantly dealing with difficult patients and insurance companies, and her boss is demanding and unsympathetic. She is struggling to keep up the demands of her job, and her mental health is suffering. I just tell you, that's fantastic right there.
0: I can't stop laughing. This is (laughs) terrible. Oh, my God. It's so funny. (laughs)
1: Okay, so you so you think we're you know where this is going? Well, here's your plot twist. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. And again, thank you to AI. All this, as Sarah's mental health deteriorates, she begins to have visions of a ghostly dental patient who haunts her. The ghost reveals dark secrets about the dental practice, including illegal including illegal billing practices and neglect of patients. So, Santa is glorified by these revelations and begins to investigate but her oh. boss and co-workers are determined to cover up the truth.
0: <laughs> wow
1: uh, oh, wow all right wow. so okay so so that's your that's your t- plot twist as well as most of your synopsis so I'll skip that <laughs> but 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 here's where this this movie is going to take place. It's gonna take place at Sarah's office, of course, where she mm-hmm. works as the dental insurance coordinator, and where she's haunted by the ghost. Mm-hmm. The dental practice, where Sarah uncovers the illegal and unethical practices of her boss and coworkers. Her apartment where she lives alone and struggles with her mental health. And then of course the local bar where Sarah and her friend Rachel often go to unwind and where Sarah's obsession with the ghost and the dental practice begins to take over her life. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: can't. This is too much. This is so funny.
1: Was, I mean, I'm just here cackling reading this last night. It still cracks me up.
0: Listen, there's so like, much private equity money flowing into dentistry. I don't know why we can't get funding for such a project.
1: <laughs> who wouldn't watch this? I I just want to know, the, the, again, the ghost. Why is the ghost going, I've got a problem with these Ill- illegal billing practices in this practice? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what is going oh. on?
0: So uh, when when you were saying insurance coordinator and horror movie, like I'm thinking, oh my god, he's gonna do zombies because you know I love my zombie movies, right? I know
1: that. Yes, It's
0: gonna be terrifying. A ghost with dental billing horror <laughs> series is even more unsettling. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> At least with a zombie, I know what to do. This one, it's like, oh my gosh,
1: like you know, uh-oh. I mean, Sarah, Sarah just settles there for bed. You just hear that was the wrong code. You know, I mean, you know, it, it just shrieks of horror. I'm telling you.
0: Double check the chart notes. <laughs> <laughs> they switch the x-ray on you. <laughs> oh, wow. We could really go like a lot with this. This is great. This is it great. Is fan- so, it is fantastic.
1: Yes. So, so I will...
0: will. Actually, you were going to. Can we put that in a PDF so they can oh, download yeah. and read oh, your Oh, absolutely. Story because and, it,
1: uh, I'm telling you, I, I think that this would be. I, I'm not sure. You know, is this a Sandra Bullock role? I'm just not sure who would who this would be perfect for. Let's we'll throw it out to Hollywood. See.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. A ghost. See.
1: Who is exactly. the
0: ghost? Oh, wow. You know,
1: I'm just telling you. Does Liam Neeson go? Hey, you know, I mean, just kind of see the ghost. Okay, <laughs> you know, I'm curious. <laughs>
0: Can you imagine? <laughs> wow. I-, I am. There's so much to say about this, and I, I can't wait to to dive into it more. And, and, and dear listeners, Kevin messaged this to both me and Dana, his lovely bride. And it was late at night. And you didn't say anything about it. You just sent me. You just sent this out. There was no, like, this is what I put into AI. Or, and just here's a story. And I thought to myself. What is he on? I really felt like you were on something. Like, what did you? Is he taking drugs? Like, what? This is the oddest email I've ever gotten from him. And then I realized, oh, and this is an AI thing. It, and uh, yeah, very cool. But but I really, Kevin, I thought we need to have an intervention with you at first when I started well, reading it. <laughs>
1: well, and, and that still may be the case. Don't get me wrong. But uh, oh, there was, yeah. but literally, I typed that in, and that was maybe ninety seconds. That all that spit back out, and I was just sitting here going, "Oh, this is fascinating." So it was such a rabbit hole I went down with that last night. Uh, I had to write a baseball article. I had to do all these different oh. things. So it's it's very interesting.
0: Kevin, I am gonna take this, and I'm going to put in the the protagonist is the most awesome office manager who is just gonna be named Teresa, just for easy, you know. Why wouldn't say. it be? First so, of all, and then the the villain is going to be the first employee I ever had to fire oh. and uh, I'll put in some keywords and I'm going to see what AI finds to be the problem. You know, I think, and how did I, it go? Yeah, I got to I got to do that.
1: I think you could have a real good time with us. Yeah, this is a, this is a good time suck right here.
0: Or, you know, uh, Teresa, the office manager, what happens when the UPS guy comes in and he's super banging hot, right? <laughs> <laughs> Does AI go down that road? I don't know. You, know.
1: you know, well, I I'll have to admit, I didn't check that out. But you know, if if uh, AI could be what you want it to be, I guess. So
0: I mean, I mean, you know, it's a it could be a, a slutty novel, right? It, it
1: could or you know. a
0: snobble.
1: a snobble, <laughs> which again, well played.
0: Listeners, this is an inside joke with Kevin because I tried to make that a words with friends word, and the game was like, "That's not even a word," which like, is wrong. Words
1: with <laughs> words with friends has limitations. I'm just going to tell you, they have so yeah. many levels. Yeah, uh, but well, anyway,
0: so we we digress here. Kevin, let's move on to. Uh... Yeah,
1: I'm going to tap out. It's all you. <laughs> it's the no, best I can no, right I, there. I
0: gotta say, I gotta say that this is one of those things where AI is. We're new and we're playing with it, right? Because yeah. we're we're older, but people know as age. Julia's age. Our children, their age. They're gonna AI is gonna help them do so much. So it's oh my just, god, yeah, yeah. Like it's almost gonna be like you know, they're they're what is this phone that you have to use the the rotary thing? Like, oh what yeah, is that? like they're gonna be like, well, why can't I just put this into the AI generator and come up with a proposal for the you know for the grant? I mean, that honestly, that's fantastic. Yeah, but. We now have some information. I love this. Becker's Hospital Review came out with Gen Z and how it's going to impact specifically the healthcare workforce. And okay. I was, I, I love this. And I know you love the generational thing. This is something you speak on, something Big you do workshops on. Yeah, you talk about how to incorporate and calibrate amongst the generations. Um, so if anybody's looking for that, Kevin, this is his wheelhouse for sure. Oh, a lot of, um, yeah. So one of the things is, you know, uh, it's the most racially and ethnically diverse generation. I think we all knew that. Um, It's moving to shake up the workforce as we know it. Now, here's the thing. Um, They have very high pay expectations. That was something that was pointed out in here. However, they are looking to come into the field early, which means maybe they can't start out so high. Right. But there seems to be like a big growth path for these. Um, healthcare workers because they want to stay in the Oof. industry. Um, thirty-eight percent of Gen Z plans to pursue a career in healthcare. That's great because wow. we need them.
1: <laughs> we do. Oh we my gosh, we totally
0: need them. And they're considering it early. They surveyed sophomores, juniors, and seniors in high school, and twenty-one percent of them were looking at healthcare. Now that's early for them to be considering healthcare. That's great.
1: It is. Yeah. So, so oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, we at dentistry need to make sure that they understand we're part of healthcare and and the importance. So yep. th- this is that time for that marketing message to really get started out there.
0: So here's something. We, we our generation, Kevin, we are loving remote work, right? We like working from home. Um, and I just assumed working from home is what everybody wants to do because that's just my lens. Uh, Gen Z is not that way. So 83% value in-person interactions, less than 29% say they want to work from home.
1: That's a surprise, actually.
0: That's a huge surprise to me. I really was stunned on that. So uh, there you go. And that was from a separate survey, too, in addition to the the main survey that they had. Um, I love how optimistic they are. 75% believe their generation is going to change the world. Uh, 82% want their job to contribute to the greater good. And seventy percent would prefer to do something meaningful than make a lot of money. And as a, what are we? Gen- what what are we again? We're boomers. I don't know what we are. What are we're we? We're not.
1: We're not boomers. We're
0: uh... we're like like we're the old people. So this is yeah. old. We're old. So for me, I, I need to make money. <laughs> right. It's important. Even if I even if I made a lot of money, I still need money. Like that's just how I was raised and work hard, make lots of money. That's kind of how it is. And and. I somehow, and so have you, have raised a generation that would prefer to do something else than have a lot of money. And yeah. I'm like, really? I we did that because we did, we we absolutely did.
1: Well, and you know, it's interesting because whatever you're talking about, that they they knew they wanted to go into healthcare. My first thought was, oh, well, they they want the money. That was mm-hmm. my very first thought. But then I went, no, wait, this is that generation that does believe that they're going to leave the world a better place. Yep. So yeah, so it's got to be flipped. Yeah.
0: So, uh, and this makes me very happy actually. Uh, 56% believe a skills based education is superior to a four year degree. Mm. Um, 75% feel pressured to pursue the four year degree. Now, here's something interesting that I want us to think about nurses usually have to go get their bachelor's, right? You have to have that curriculum. Nursing assistants, not so much. Right. Dentists go to school, have to get that dental assistance, not so much. There should be those some sort of training to allow you to be really good in the field, and I think what our industry sees is that it doesn't necessarily need to be a four-year degree now. Um, not just dentistry, but all the healthcare. So, for example, coding um, specialists in the medical side—they don't need to have a four-year degree. They just need to have certification, and they make really good money, right? Um, you know, one of the interesting things I heard was that a nursing aide in a surgical suite is going to make a lot of lot more money than if you were just in in a, you know a general nurse uh, I don't know I guess I don't know I don't know where else there would be but but nicu nurses for example or nursing aides they make a lot of money and it's because they're so specialized so rather than going to a four-year college specializing into a healthcare field maybe that's the way to go I don't I don't know what do you think
1: I think you're right because one of the biggest things that you and I are both hearing right now is about that college debt and about whenever they come out, what, then how do they pay that off and the impact that it has on them those, those early years. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's one of the things about a skilled trade that you could learn or shorter degrees, perhaps, you know, if you can still make an impact and not come out with that huge amount of debt, I think that that's very appealing for people. For sure.
0: I, the nursing industry is really suffering there's actually the first time that there's enrollment has declined for nursing programs. Now, nursing aid and home health aid and stuff like that has increased. Uh, medical school has increased, but nursing has decreased, and that's honestly that's going to be a problem when you and I are ready to, oh, yeah. you know, go into the healthcare system. So this is not good news for us. But nursing's hard. I mean, I I'm reading it and I'm going, I I don't think I could go be a nurse. I think it's it's way too hard. So. Let's talk about the mental health issues, and and then we'll we'll wrap it up because I know we've been talking a lot today. Forty two percent of of the Gen Z workers are dealing with a mental health condition. Well, maybe they're haunted by a dose. Maybe that's it what's could going be. On. It so, be. It could be. Oh. <laughs> they tr- they try not to let it hinder their performance. Six in ten said they do not tell their leader about stress or anxiety in the workplace, um, and when they take time off for mental health about half of them said they give a different reason, so it's a totally different reason, like they got a doctor's appointment or whatever. Meanwhile, they just really just need to get out of the office. That being said, in a small location, so in a hospital, you could pretty much take a day off here and there, and and yeah, it hurts a little bit, but it's a hospital, right? In a small practice, you don't get that a lot more. I know a lot of people that need to take a day off, and they just feel like they can't because the staff is so small. That's tough, and so... Kevin, you you hear from dental assistants, burnout is real. Yeah. They've got to take that time.
1: Yeah, and I think that dental practices need to start realizing that, you're right, taking a day off is hard, but is there, you know, and, and I know of some dental practices that are doing this, that are scheduling out almost breaks during the day, mental resets during the day. And nice. sure, it, it hurts the production and everything else, but, but there's one practice that I know of that literally it's making sure everybody actually has the lunch break. You know, it's actually scheduled in there. And no, you don't put an emergency patient in there. You know, so I I think little things like that, that you can tell your employees, we know you're probably going to deal with some burnout. We know there's going to be days that you're going to want to walk out. Well, guess what? We're going to make sure that you can step outside for a few minutes, that you can eat your lunch, that you can actually go to the bathroom. You know, little Mm -hmm. things like that, that are, that are, we know you know, a lot of people joke about in the dental practice, but it's not—it's not a joke. They oh, a lot it's of a them.
0: real thing. I've—I've I've definitely had that issue for sure. Uh, so, we talk a lot about how to attract and retain talent. This is interesting, and dental managers do with this what you will. While sixty-five percent of Gen workers expect a retirement plan like a four hundred one k, sixty-three percent expect mental health benefits. So, as a differentiator. Dentistry has typically not had, like, we don't offer mental health benefits, right? Unless it's part of the plan. But right. maybe a dental office to attract could say we have mental health days where we go, maybe, I don't know what that would look like. Massage therapist coming in, time off that with no questions asked. Here's the day, time off. You know, you could take three mental health days. Maybe that's something that you add into the mix to attract people who that really gels with. I don't. I don't know. Would would a mental health day work for you, Kim?
1: It it would. I, in fact, I'm going to take one here shortly. I'm just telling you. So, <laughs> but but you know, while you're saying this, the thought that's going through my head is how much that we, you and I, have heard about ergonomics through the years really? and really? the importance taking care of your body, the importance of all that. And I'm sitting here going, how much have we really talked about that other side of the equation, the mental side of things as well? We're so focused on making sure our posturing is correct and everything's accurate there. Then maybe we really do need to focus on that other side of things and make sure that uh, you know we're correctly taking care of uh, the mental side too.
0: That's a fantastic point, Kevin. I love that. I mean, what ergonomics, schmergonomics? Let's talk about mental health, right? Right. So, right. yeah. But there's such I, a I stigma to it.
1: There's such a stigma, unfortunately. And there I think is. that we Absolutely. we've got to get you know whenever you say mental health, unfortunately, people, a lot of people's minds go to a different place. So I think we've got to have people understand that. Hey, there's times you just got to take a breath. There's times that you've got to mentally reset so that you can be at your best for your patients.
0: Right. And sometimes that looks like not being with your team. I mean, quite yeah. frankly. Oh, yeah. So, but at any rate, maybe we put in that plot into our AI generator to find out what the best mental health, you know, tactics are. What would, what would Where would the AI send Kevin if they he, he needed a serious mental break?
1: You know what? I think I'm going to be getting these texts from Teresa to say, hey, ask the AI, dot, dot, dot. You know? It's So I'm just going to be like doing, doing gopher chores here. But I, it's going to be fun. Yeah. We'll see what direction we go.
0: I can see it now. Kevin's going to be like, uh, you can do this yourself. I'm like,
1: nah. <laughs> no, no, no. You do it. It's much fun. You do
0: it, Kevin. Okay. <laughs> All right. Dear listeners, we will link the chat GPT. You said Yes, chat GPT. Chat GPT. GPT. Yep. We'll link that. We'll link the Gen Z study. Uh, we will... Um, I don't know what else we talked about that, uh, whatever else, when I listen to it over again, I'll make sure we link whatever we said we were going to like. So dear listeners, we so appreciate that you listened to us and all of our musings. We'll talk to you next time.
1: And that's a wrap for this episode of chew on this. We hope you laughed and learned a little.
0: Check out the show notes for any links we mentioned, and don't forget to give us a rating on your podcast app. Feel free to drop us a comment on social media or by email if you have any suggestions for future topics.
1: We'll be back in about two weeks. See you then.